Welcome back to our study in the book of Revelations. I am Pastor Adrian Powell of Faith Community Church of God, 4203 Alkire Road in the metropolis of Grove City, Ohio. We have services on Sunday at 1030, and we are uh, maintaining social distancing guidelines and have masks and hand sanitizer available for you at the door. We welcome visitors, and if you like biblical expository preaching, you will not be disappointed. Uh, We want to get started seeing as how we took a break last week with our monthly hymn sing featuring pianist Roxanne Reed and First Lady Lynn Powell as our narrator last week. She did a fantastic job, as usual, preparing the hymn stories that went along with some of the songs that we did last week, as she does every month. That's the third Wednesday of every month through the end of the year. So, by way of review, we know that this book of the Bible gets its name from the opening sentence of the opening verse, which says, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ or the revelation of Jesus Christ. The word, which is apocalypsis, is where we get the term apocalypse. And this means to be laid bare, to unveil, disclosure of truth concerning things which were not previously known, uh, manifestation or appearance. So the disclosure of truth previously unknown by Jesus Christ to John, the apostles, the apostle. Most commentators believe that it is the disciple who Jesus loved, the author of the fourth gospel and the epistles of first, second, and third John. Many people have difficulty with this book, not realizing that the key to the symbols are frequently right there in the text or make reference to other biblical passages from both the Old and New Testaments. This is the one book of the Bible which has a literal blessing pronounced upon those who read, hear, and keep the words of this prophecy. And it is called a prophecy in the book. The word in the Greek text for keep is terountes, a word that means to attend to carefully, to guard, to observe, to keep in the state that he is in. In other words, when it says keep, it means for us to understand the words and do what the words say to do behaviorally. Revelation 1, 7 tells us that he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him and they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. That word Mourn is a word which means to wail, to lament, literally to beat the breast with sorrow, as was the custom for the Jews at that time. In other words, those who are not members of the family of God will lament their coming judgment. Think of how many people use the name of the Lord our God in vain on a daily basis, much less the myriad other heinous sins that they have participated in over their lifetimes. And each one of them will come to wail with regret as they realize the loss 
that they are preparing to experience for all eternity. Chapters 2 and 3 were the letters to the angels of the seven churches or the messengers of the seven churches, which were literal letters to the pastors of those congregations in Asia Minor in close proximity to each other and having each different issues. One church, the church at Philadelphia, received no condemnations and only praise. And one church, Laodicea, received only condemnation and no commendations. The other churches received both, but it's most interesting that most modern commentators believe that the church in America today is most likely to be compared to the Laodicean congregation, believing themselves to be rich, lazy, disinterested, not motivated to evangelize and overly concerned with sexual gratification rather than sanctification. There are parallels that can be here for the church generally, but not specific churches, but generally uh, the church in America has come to be regarded as one that is overly concerned with things that have not to do with the preaching of the gospel. It is not for no reason, then, that the Lord proclaims the church as one, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth, because you say, I am rich and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Notice that he says you are neither hot nor neither cold nor hot, when generally we say hot or cold. The expectation being that if you at least cold as an ice cube, then it would not be an issue because everyone would be aware of your failings. But because you do not engage in either way, you have fooled yourself, and so you will be spewed or vomited out of the mouth of the Lord. Now let's begin our study in chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after that. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, A throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads, and from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. After having been given the messages to the seven churches, John is given a vision of heaven, and as he looked, a door was standing open in heaven, and the first 
voice that he heard was like a trumpet saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. The word translated come up is anaba, a word that means to go up, to ascend, to rise, to board as on a boat. At once John was in the spirit and a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne who was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance. I had to look up what they looked like because I had no idea. It means that it was someone who was reddish or reddish brown in color. Understanding that these descriptions that John is using are similes, not precise descriptions of what John is seeing. Most of what he sees has no comparable thing on earth to describe it as, so he does the best that he can. Continuing, he describes a rainbow around the throne that is in appearance as an emerald, and around the throne of God were 24 thrones, and on them were 24 elders sitting in white robes with gold crowns on their heads. We know that white is the color of purity and gold is the uh, symbol for abundance. So what does all this mean so far? John makes reference to things that call to mind the Old Testament, specifically Ezekiel chapter 1, where he had a vision of God himself in all his resplendent glory. John's description of God on the throne is similar, but not the same. John sees what will happen after the age of the churches in Asia Minor are gone or departed. The throne is an expression of the purpose of God, as nothing happens apart from God's intent. Whatever authority is given to anyone that follows in the book of Revelation comes from the authority of God. The throne symbolizes majesty and power, and yet God's magnificent transcendence is maintained by John not attempting to describe the one sitting on the throne. The colors of the minerals used to describe God are there to convey the supernatural outside of our experience splendor of God as much as the rainbow of emerald conveys the immersion of the brilliance of God, that brightness, that unescapable, ineffable uh, light that we cannot look upon and live. So the 24 elders, which have been the source of discussion such that there are 13 different explanations or interpretations of their identity. And with that, we'll limit our discussion to the most plausible explanation on my part. Because they are seen along with the four living creatures, and those descriptions align with that of Ezekiel and Isaiah, I will accept the opinion that they are of both a class of angelic beings or heavenly beings. 
They are the worshipers around the throne of God who also have involvement with God's purposes on earth. The number 24 has to do with divine government being in multiples of 12, the 12 months of the year, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles, the 12 gates of the new Jerusalem, the 12 foundations of the city, the new Jerusalem, the 12 angels at the gate of the city of the new Jerusalem. They are all indications of the divine government of the city of God, and their crowns are aligned with their association with the dignity related to the throne of God. If they're being Around the throne of God, they are aligned with holiness, glory, majesty, and authority. The, th- the sounds of thunder and lightning are references to the literal awesome majesty and presence of God, as well as the seven lamps and the seven spirits, which is the number of perfection and the divine number. Thunder and lightning are what Moses People thought that the word sounded like when God was speaking with Moses on Mount Sinai. We need to remember that when we talk about something being awesome, it means that we are filled with actual awe. I think too often we use that word uh, in a flip manner as if whatever we're calling awesome was filling us with all, which is what it means. But God is the one that should fill us with all because he is full of majesty, glory, and honor. Verses 6 through 11. There was before the throne a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Before the throne there were there was a sea of glass like crystal, again a simile, and in the midst of the throne there were four living creatures which also hearken back to Ezekiel and Isaiah, full of eyes both front and back. In other words, they were all seeing. They all had six eyes, six wings, which 
caused them to fly around the throne day and night without ever resting, saying that phrase which has come to be known, the trihagion. It was customary in Jewish culture to repeat something three times in order to affirm the strength of the truth of the statement or phrase. And trihagion is a word that refers to the repetition of the word holy. The Greek text there is hagios, 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 curios, ho, theos, pantakrator. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The heavenly beings are affirmed in this trihagion, the consummate character of God. God is never said to be love, 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 goodness, 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 mercy, 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 but he is always and everywhere said to be holy, holy, holy. It's interesting to note that the phrase holy, holy, holy is found twice in scripture, in Isaiah and in Revelation. In both instances, the phrases are part of the description given by men who have been allowed to see a vision of the heavenly throne room of God. Remember, it was Isaiah who said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. This is a statement of the one instance recorded in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament asserting the very truth of this statement. He, God, is the one who was and is and is to come. This is declaring God as the superlative expression of holiness and brings attention to the holiness of God above all other attributes. That quality is felt by the creatures in his divine presence as awesomeness and fearfulness. Holiness of such magnitude cannot tolerate the presence of evil, nor will it be left unpunished. Thus, by understanding the holiness of God, we can come to understand the wrath of God, which is to come upon all the earth for those who do not know him and worship him as God. The elders cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. The text again gives credence to them being angelic beings, that is, the 24 elders and the four living creatures, in, as the last phrase in the Greek might literally be translated, because of and not by your will, they will continually exist and were created. The phrase is a dia to demelia su isan kai ekethstien. Dia is a marker of cause, in this case, giving reason for the underlying thought of their existing for the sole purpose of glorifying God. This brings us to the first question of the Westminster Catechism. What is the chief end of man? 
The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Only those who have been recipients of his grace and mercy can understand that as the highest purpose for an individual. Those who are not saved don't want to glorify God, nor can they, because they are in a constant state of rebellion against him. So we must live lives that bring honor and majesty to the one who by his blood has given us new life in the age to come. Amen. Uh, That will conclude our study in the book of Revelation chapter 4 for this week. Uh, If this was um, helpful to you, we appreciate you letting us know. Um, We will continue on in our study in Matthew this week on Sunday, and we'll be back next Wednesday for another message from the book of Revelation as we continue our verse-by-verse chapter study. Um, Let's have a word of prayer. Our great God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we love you, Lord, for you have first loved us, and we ask that you would guide us into your presence each day. Let us know that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. We are not to worry about anything, but give all things over to you. Lord, for those who are ill this day, I ask that you would be with them in a very special way. Those who have had surgeries, those who have had uh, cancer, those who are in need of a touch from you, Father, we know that all healing comes from you. So this morning, this evening, we ask that you would be with them, lead, guide, and direct, and we will continually and in every way give you the honor and glory that is due your name. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. Amen.